1: Bump bum, bum, bum. Okay, preseason game number two, Bucks at the New York Jets, Live Stadium, East Rutherford, New Jersey. That'll be the site of the game on Saturday night. And the starter, of course, for the Buccaneers at quarterback will be Kyle Trask. He will be followed, we understand, by Baker Mayfield. And I would assume, you know, after that will be John Wolford. But listen, um... This is an important game for all and it's gonna be very similar to, to to the first preseason game in that very few, if any, starters are actually gonna play in this game. Um this has now sort of become what I think is gonna be the norm for preseason in that you only have three of these and you know they're getting so much work with a lot of these teams are now scrimmaging and having these joint practices. And, of course, the Bucks and Jets just had one instead of two. But nonetheless, you can give all your starters a lot of good work in those and and be be fairly confident that they're not going to come out of their hurt because it's mostly non-contact in a sense that they're not tackling anybody to the ground. And and furthermore, it's really even better, to be honest with you, than some preseason games because in preseason, since everybody gets the tape, Teams are are very vanilla. They're not going to show much, right? They're going to run their offense, and we can see Dave Canales' offense a little bit, but they're not going to put on film what they're going to do, you know, during the regular season, except for maybe from a base standpoint. Now, when you get to these scrimmages and these joint workouts, they throw the kitchen sink at you because the only two teams that see it are the ones on the field. Those aren't shared with the rest of the league on a network television platform. So they're out there experimenting and, and throwing everything against the wall. So it's really good work for, you know, the starters that are practicing against other starters and trying to adapt and adjust on the fly. And so that's why it was, you know, fights notwithstanding, it was really good work for them on Wednesday with the Jets. And then of course on Thursday, um, because the Jets bailed on them earlier in the week. For a second workout, uh, the Bucks had to board a bunch of buses and trek down to the Meadowlands and go to the Giants' facility, which is right outside of MetLife Stadium, which is some forty minutes away as as uh, as you drive it. And they had about a two-hour workout there, which was more of a kind of a prep for this game, if you will. They were working off some cards, and you know they they did their thing, but um, it's about a two-hour practice, then are back here. Uh, in their hotel before you knew it. And then tomorrow or today, I guess, as you hear this podcast, will be a walkthrough. Then they'll play the game Saturday night, come home early Sunday morning. Here's what I think I think, as Peter King would say I think this is the last game that Todd Bowles wants to see his quarterbacks without naming a starter. Now, I ask Todd, and we ask him just about every day Hey, you're closer. What's going to take? What do you think? Could this, in a perfect world, except I tried to phrase it twenty-five different ways, and he's just not going to go there, right? However, um, there are some indications that we are nearing the end of this. Now, anything can happen in this game, right? From injuries to just malpractice. Right? You could have a guy out there that just chucks it to the wrong team all day. Um, but both quarterbacks, in a way, this is sort of a fair comparison in the sense that Kyle Trask didn't play with many starters other than the two starting offensive linemen perhaps a center that might end up starting for Ryan Jensen as well um and he had to execute and and that'll be similar to what what Trask is faced with when this game starts and and then Baker will come in the way Trask did um and we'll see how long they go with with either or both players I think some of that you know has to do with how many possessions and whether you're three and out or you, you score, that sort of thing. But barring, again, just some like horrible performance by one of them or both or, or what have you, um, this is probably it. Because if you think about the third game, um, you know you, you still don't want to probably play your starters. Or if you do, you've got to get them out of there really quick. If, even if you just say, hey, let's just put them all on the field for a series, a drive, a play, whatever – and then yank him out, then you better know who your starting quarterback is because that's not a guy you want to play into the second quarter. I don't think if if you're just two weeks away at that point to the season opener, um, you're going to want to know. And I sense, you know, every day, of course, you're getting closer and closer to a decision. Um, I had a chance to talk to Baker Mayfield, and there'll be a story in the Tampa Bay Times and on com probably sometime today as you listen to this podcast. Um, Certainly by Saturday, you'll see it uh, everywhere. But let me just say this, because I asked them point blank. Like, Baker Mayfield is ready for this to end. And I think that would probably be be true if I asked Kyle Trask as well. You know, these guys have, uh, it's not acrimonious. Like, they're, they're very much professionals in this situation. Baker has been in this situation many times before. Um certainly in Carolina, that was one of the deals. He, you know, he was traded late, and had no off season, went there in training camp, had to compete with Sam Darnold, won the job, uh, and then he got injured after about four or five weeks. They fired a head coach, uh, you know, they went with a different quarterback. He ended up getting, you know, traded late to the Rams and played five games out there, which was the most fun he's had in some time. But he knows what this competition is like. And I I just feel like he or Trask would have benefited from knowing who the starter was at the at the beginning. But to be honest with you, as he pointed out to me, it's like look, they run people in and out of of every practice, every rep. Anyway, it's not always Mike Evans and Chris Godwin because not every receiver you know the receivers can't run every route. So you're constantly rotating people. You might have the same the number one offensive line, which is helpful. Um, but for the most part, you know, you just have to be good with your operation, with calling plays, with seeing the defense, delivering the ball, being on time, like all those things. And that's what, that's what you need to see. Uh, and you're never in training camp going to take as many reps as you would during a regular season game, you know, cause things come up in a game that you have to react to, whether that's turnovers, quick change, all that stuff and you you can simulate that in these these joint practices, but you can't do it um you know just practicing every day uh and then playing a, a quarter or so in a preseason game but for all those reasons, Steve I talked to him and and he, he is very engaging he's an incredible like you can when you really meet him um as I've gotten to know him over the last few weeks, you can see that first and foremost um the dude is an original like Alpha dude, like he, you know, he he was a late bloomer, and we know his story, you know, walking on at at uh, Texas uh, Tech and, and then Oklahoma and all of that. Number one pick, what he went through in Cleveland, um, but everything he does is measured. And remember when me and we were talking about how he very quickly attached himself to Tristan Wirfs, mm-hmm. that was intentional. Yep. You know, get, getting you know there, he's Tristan Wirfs is the best player on the football team. Tristan Wirfs is a guy that protects his blind side. Um, and he made it clear that, like, you know, he's, he, he wants people to know him. He wants, you know, he, and he wants them to know he's not perfect. Uh, and he's very self, uh, you know, deprecating that way. Um, but that, that he's on their side. And he has such natural charisma that it would be hard for me. And I'm not sliding Kyle Trask because he's just a different personality. It doesn't mean that it, it doesn't work. Um, but you can see that Baker has done this before. He's had to go into places like Texas Tech as a walk- on, like Oklahoma where nobody knew him, you know and he's, he's you know playing uh, you know intramural basketball and stuff waiting to be be eligible. Um, and, and he's done this, you know at Carolina. He did it with the Rams. He adapts very quickly to his environment and and everything he does is measured. And um, as he's gotten older, he's learned how to, you know, avoid the landmines that he stepped on in Cleveland. But he has prepared himself to be the starter. He has been down this road and won the jobs. I can't. I don't know that there's been a job in his career since high school, Steve. He hasn't won in these competitions. You can't name one.
0: That's a good point. And and you know, he knew he knew the battle he was signing up for when he got here. Yeah, and he also you know if he if he wants this to be over he probably knows that he's the better quarterback. Mhm. I you know he believes that but i mean what he's shown in camp what he's shown off season et
1: cetera. He feels like he's done enough. Mhm. Yeah.
0: And and he's been around enough to know he probably has.
1: Mhm. Yep.
0: And, and and that's you know look we've said this all along is is one we thought they'd name a starter after the second preseason game. Yep. Because if you don't, then you're in trouble. If you don't know who your quarterback is by that point,
1: yeah. If it takes the third game, what what kind of emphasis then are you putting on that third preseason game? Mm-hmm. If you don't know,
0: well, what kind of emphasis? And then you know what kind of reps are you missing for your ones? What kind of you know? That, yeah. it, you know, it's the old saying: if you got two quarterbacks, you got none.
1: You got none. Yeah.
0: By Saturday night after the game, if you don't know who your quarterback is, mm-hmm. whether they've announced it or not, but what if if Todd Bowles, Jason Light. Dave Canales, Baker, Kyle. If they don't know who it is after Saturday night, then the yeah. Bucks have problems.
1: Yeah, they do, and and I believe that they feel confident that that they're going to be competitive with him at quarterback. And we'll see. You know, you got to get into the season and see how it goes. Right, the schedule is not very favorable. Uh, but who'd have thought last year with that schedule that the Bucks would have been two and zero? You know, they went into Dallas and they won a game that I didn't think they could win. They dominated. They didn't score a lot of points, nineteen to three. And then next week they're going to New Orleans, who own them, and they won there, and they were two and zero. And then the wheels came off. So you, you know you got to kind of survive the first four to six to eight weeks, and then the teams that go far sort of hit their stride. They they get hot at the right time. They stay healthy, er than other teams, and they figure out who they are, who their identity is, and they know what they do well, and they do it no matter who they play. And, and that's that's what Baker has to hope for. Um, he is really comfortable with this organization. He's been through a lot of stuff. He's been very resilient, which I think is a good trait for a quarterback, um, you know, just sort of navigate the highs and the lows. Um, he's grown up on a national platform, which he's made mistakes and everybody saw them. Um, but he sees with this team what I think, people are missing um, from a national perspective, and that is there's a lot of champions on this team, world champion players, right, a lot of them. And the thing about a champion is that heartbeat is still there. And they're just, as a group, I can tell you they have taken notice that absolutely nobody believes this team's going to be any good. Like they know, they know that they're not getting any run from anyone some people have them low as 31st in the league that kind of stuff and it is really really motivating them they are under the radar they're and, and and of course who's your quarterback the biggest underdog ever right wherever he's been too short too small you know walk on walk on you know and and he's he's always been the well let me show you now it hasn't always worked out no question didn't work out in carolina um, You know, in the end, it didn't work out in Cleveland. Uh, but there's a lot of reasons for that in some of the places he's been, haven't been successful programs or with successful head coaches. And he's had many of both. But when you have an entire team that, you know, they love Tom Brady. And Tom Brady put rings on their fingers as, as he promised he would do. And he got them to the playoffs three years in a row. But just because Tom Brady walked out of here for for, you know, these guys have a lot of professional pride for everybody, you know, nationally to say, "Yeah, you guys are done." There's a lot of players that are like, "Really?" So we were just Tom Brady. So, and it's not against Tom, but it's like, wait a minute, it took a team to win that Super Bowl. Like, it, you know, it wasn't just one side of the ball or one player. And so they're 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 sort of embracing this, you know, like their quarterback overlooked again, and he says it with a smile on his face that, yeah, yeah, we, we you know, everybody knows we're being overlooked, and, and that is just great, you know? And so, you know, there's a, there's a quiet sort of confidence, and then I will say, for as much run as the Jets are getting nationally, and of course, with Aaron Rodgers, that's going to happen, and then, you know, they sign, you, you know, Dalvin Cook and, and all these free agents that come in. Um, In the practice itself, and I I know that the Jets are still trying to figure out who their top 5 guys are on the offensive line. The Bucks kicked their butts. They when they the Jets are a tremendous 7 on 17. Problem is you play with 11 players. And when they were 7 on 7, they were chewing them up. <laughs> they were chewing the Bucks up, man. Balls were going over their head and everything. But as soon as they went 11 on 11 and you could actually attack that offensive line, you know, the last period or so when they were trying to to move the ball period, uh I think Rodgers was sacked three times on seven dropbacks, and two of those were by Joe Tryon-Showinka. Um, the Bucks' outside linebackers are deep and, and very good, deeper than they've been in years. We are talking to Shaq Barrett about that uh, earlier today, and he's like, look, man, we, we are loaded. Like, we got guys, this going to be a tough, tough decisions. Some good football players are going to get cut and end up somewhere else. So, you know, this has been a good, productive week for them. Um, to, to measure themselves against a team that that everybody thinks is, you know, going to be a contender, not just in the AFC East, but, it, you know, for the Super Bowl. And then we'll see how they perform. Now, you know, Rodgers is not going to play again. Um, and we'll see if, how Zach Wilson does. He wasn't that great in practice. But, you know, the Bucks go out there with their backups. And, and look, this is a big game from the standpoint that, They've got to find a way to sort of replace uh, Russell Gage. You hate that uh, this guy is is out for the season. It's it's a uh, uh, really bad injury. I, I reported earlier in the day um, that he has a torn right patellar tendon, <laughs> and it's not just torn; it's ruptured. Uh, that is the injury that people that have been Bucks fans for a while remember. Cadillac Williams did twice, and he was a running back. Um, not an easy recovery okay they would have known instantly more than likely because his kneecap would have been someplace other than where it should have been uh when that when that tendon ruptured so uh they had to get him you know from the practice field this is what happens with big time organizations had to get him from the practice field to, to uh, uh to the airport JFK flying back to Tampa um He's having surgery either today or tomorrow, I believe. If he hadn't had it already, and uh, that is a nine to ten month recovery at best. And for a wide receiver with the cutting, the, there's a mental side of that that is huge, um, that is difficult to sort of navigate. Um, and the fact of the matter is, is that you know he didn't have a guaranteed contract for next year, although uh, depending on you know, I know I know they sort of put some dead money, uh, you know, when they when they re-signed him, they, they pushed some voidable years, uh, you know, to help the Sour Cap situation this year. So he could, he could, from what I've understood, cost as much as $6 million of dead money next year. So maybe they will keep him around. I don't know. Um, but in the meantime, they've got Mike Evans. They've got Chris Godwin. And Chris Godwin, a year out from his knee ligament surgery as well. Mike Evans in his 10th season. You got to hope those two guys do not go down. I mean, ever. Um, but that has not been the case for either one of them the last few years. And so you're going to have to have some guys back them up. And and the problem is all the guys you have behind those two don't have a hell of a lot of experience. I mean, Dave David Moore does. He's in his fifth season and he's coming over from Atlanta. And so he's kind of that, that veteran now at this point. Um, but... Uh, you know, it, it's one of those deals where some of these young guys are going to get a great opportunity. And I think, you know, in talking to Todd Bowles, he wants somebody to to show up sooner than later. And we've kind of seen that, like, in the first game. Um, you know, obviously Trey Palmer had the touchdown, had three catches, uh, tremendous toe tap in the end zone. Then he came up here. And he beat Sauce Garner deep. Um, Sauce Garner, of course, was is the reigning defensive rookie of the year. Uh, also was on the first team all pro last year. And so he took him yard. Uh, he had a back shoulder catch. He had a bunch of catches. And I love Palmer from this standpoint. That He has this mentality that uh, um, he, he doesn't pay attention to who's going against him. He, he says it all the time. He goes, no name, no face. And he just doesn't really care who's guarding him he, he's done this his whole life he's gone up against the best players he's from louisiana there's a ton of great football players there um derrick stingley uh, junior was one of them that he used to compete against all the time so they got to find a number three and right now i think palmer is sort of the odds-on favorite i don't know how he made it to the sixth round the guys you know ran a four three three forty he's over six foot he was productive set a you know nebraska uh, receiving record in the one and only year that he was there um, so he's not shy for confidence, um, and, and I would give him, you know, an, an an easy lead at at this point. But you've also got Devin Tompkins, um, you know, you've got Kalen Geiger, you've got Tay Barber, you've got all these, uh, you know, undrafted free agents. Uh, Rickem Re- uh, Jarrett is one that uh, that they like, and he's going to play in this game. So. There's still jobs uh, available, and everybody moves up a notch. And I think it's great competition. And so these guys, whether they're playing for Trask or with Trask, or they're playing with Baker Mayfield, or they're going to go out there and and try to put on a show. Uh, and they did a really good job against a really good defense and a good secondary. I talked to receivers coach uh, Brad Idzik, um, and uh, you know he, he just said that you know the beauty of it is you don't really need just one guy. Like you you. You have to cross-train these guys. And so um, even with with Gage out, he said it won't just be one dude, right? Like if, if Mike breaks his shoelace, somebody's got to play the X. If Chris breaks his shoelace, somebody's got to play the Z. So there's guys that can go in there and do different things. Um, Tompkins has had a great camp. Geiger, uh, they all have different skill sets. You know, one's a, a smaller, quicker receiver. One guy jumps out of the building. He's got a 40-inch vertical um, you know, they, they each do something a little bit different and, and that's a good thing. Uh, it's a, it's a good group with, with a lot of varied skill sets. And so you can put them in different situations for, for, you know, and that's what the NFL is, is a situational, um, game to begin with. Uh, and, and, and all these guys get along and they're pushing each other. So they're going to wind up, uh, I think with, you know, it won't be the experience that Gage has, and whatever you want to say about Gage, he was just hurt. You know, he hurt his hamstring early on. He battled that all year. When he played, though, uh, and he felt okay, he was pretty productive. I mean, the dude had five touchdown catches, which I think was near the top, if not the top, uh, on their team because Mike Evans, you know, had had a dramatic drop off in terms of touchdowns. So uh, you don't have that experience, but you do have a lot of talent. And sometimes you'll take, you know, you'll take talent over experience if it's, if it's really good. Um, And, and the one thing we know about Palmer is that it's not too big for him. He's, he's been in big situations under the lights. He's gone against the best in the sec, the big 10. And as uh, you know, as told me, he goes, when he says no name, no face, he means it. Like he's not afraid of anybody. He just took the uh, reigning uh, defensive rookie of the year uh, yard. So it, nothing's nothing's slowing them down, um, so I I think this will be you know it'll be an entertaining game. You have to, as a fan, uh, not worry about the fact that you're not seeing the starters per se. Look at the quarterback battle, but more than that, just look at how operationally they worked. You know, last week Baker Mayfield screwed up some run some run calls and some checks, especially in short yardage where they didn't pick up first downs. You know, that third and one didn't get it, fourth and one. Uh they have a false start. Another fourth and one they didn't get it. So, you know, he's he's just gotta be cleaner operationally. Uh Tras does too. Of course, Tras threw the interception. They got uh, you know, they had twelve penalties as a team. You can't do that for 127 yards. They raced a lot of big plays. Uh the interception that trash threw was on like third and nineteen. He was just trying to fit one in there. Um, and obviously he didn't want to do that, but um, you know, it, it, you just got to have a different view when you watch, uh, you know, a game like this where not a lot of starters are playing. But I think by Sunday morning uh, there'll be a conference call or a Zoom call with Todd Bowles. Last last week it was around nine; probably be later this time since they're playing on the road uh, and they won't get back till three o'clock in the morning or so. But sometimes Sunday, and I think certainly by Monday. When they come back to practice, I think I think the Bucks are going to announce that Baker Mayfield's their starting quarterback. Barring again, you know, some terrible play uh, or some great play by Kyle Trask, I I don't think they're going to look at any one game in, in a vacuum. It'll be everything they've done, you know, going back to OTAs and when they got him in March and all of that. Uh, something that Baker wasn't able to do in Carolina, he didn't show up till training camp. So, you know, he's had a chance to, you know, to really dive into this offense. It suits him. It fits him. Um, And then, you know, we'll see how they navigate that third game. And they'll be preparing, believe me, uh, really starting next week. They'll be looking uh, at Minnesota pretty heavily and and getting ready for the opener. So um, anything else would surprise me. If it goes the distance, and it did in Seattle, and, and Dave Canales has mentioned that more than a few times, that Geno Smith, Drew Locke it went all the way through the final preseason game, uh, and I suppose that's possible, uh, but I don't I don't think that Bulls even though he wasn't willing to give it up I could tell he's tired of the question I think he knows the answer, uh, and he just doesn't want you know give give Kyle Trask his start right give him the same opportunity that that Baker had uh, before you you make the final decision and that's really all Trask can ask for and look I I think they're both going to play. Um, I'm not predicting one will fail, but you know, we know that unless you're Tom Brady or somebody like him or Brett Favre, it's very unusual for a starter to, you know, to, to play all seventeen games. Um and then you don't know, you know, just how effective they're gonna be to begin with. So you may see both guys for very various reasons. Um but uh Baker's gonna be he's gonna be interesting and, and this team, you know, while no one's going to pick them to go very far uh, in this division where you have a rookie quarterback in Carolina, although that's a good football team um, in Atlanta, where you have a second year quarterback, uh, a, a team that runs the ball a lot, still has some questions on defense for my money. New Orleans is, is got the best situation at quarterback and in, in Derek Carr, just because, you know, he's a guy that is, has, has, uh, you know, been, been in the league a long time. Uh, you know, with the right parts around him, new start, uh, still a good defense. Like, there's a lot of things to like about New Orleans. Their backup quarterback is Jameis Winston. I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of things I like about New Orleans. I would think they'd be the favorites. Um, but this division is not one. It's it's not the AFC East, right? It's not uh, you know, some of these divisions where it's it's a coin flip because all the teams are good. Um, if, if you win nine or 10 games in this, in this division, I think you can win it. Uh, and you're probably going to have to win the division to get to the playoffs. Cause I don't think necessarily any team, um, beyond the division winner will win enough games to make a wild card. So, um, but it's, it's coming down to the, to the end now of, of training camp and the end of the preseason and they are, they're ready to start turning the page and, you know, uh, I'm glad there's not four preseason games, but by the same token, what has happened to preseason football is it's just turned into, you know, like rookies. And, um, you know, every other team, too, by the way, has declared who they're – I think – I don't know if there's any more quarterback races. Is there? I mean, Indianapolis is obviously going to start Anthony Richardson, they've said. Mm -hmm. Uh, Who else we got? Um, Of course, Carolina is going to start Young. I, I don't know if the Texans have officially announced. C.J. Stroud, Stroud is he? Yeah, but I think he's going don't to know. start. Yeah, he's going to be their guy. I, I don't, I'm not sure if they've announced that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but if 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 there hasn't been an announcement, it's it's coming. And and I think most people thought that all those rookies that were drafted that high were going to play right away, as rookies do these days. Um, they they seem to throw them in there quickly. But the you know this is probably the only you know sort of domino that still has to fall in the quarterback position. And I think it may fall on Monday. Okay. So, uh, before we get into, uh, we'll wrap it up with a little bit of wander talk, which that situation kind of gets murkier and murkier all the time. I want to tell you guys that, you know, this already, right? It's hurricane season in Florida. Mm. -hmm. Uh, but the good news is you can keep the power on without breaking the bank. And that's with solar battery backup power. There is no fuel cost to run it, no loud generator noise, no annual maintenance cost, And May Electric Solar, that's right, they offer a 15-year warranty on their solar battery backup. Plus, solar battery backup saves you hundreds of dollars each month. If you lose power, a generator can cost over $2,000 a week just to run. Solar battery systems qualify for a 30% tax credit for new systems. Or for adding the battery to your existing M phase solar system. So trust the pros in solar. To learn more about May Electric Solar Battery Backup, or to get started, call 727 819 2862, or you can visit MayElectricSolar.com. All right, time for our uh, what seems to be almost a daily Wander Franco update. Not much uh, news coming from Wander himself or his camp, whoever or whomever his camp may be. But there was a report from a, uh, I guess, a self-proclaimed MLB insider, somebody who looks to uh, work or write for, I guess, someone in the Dominican Republic. I'm not sure. But it's Hector Gomez. He has a lot of followers. And he tweeted the following. It got a lot of attention, including on SI.com and other things. Um, Hector Gomez says that uh, a person very close to the investigations in the case of Juan Franco said this, quote, it will be a very unlikely that Wander Franco will play in MLB again, judging by the results of the investigations that are currently being carried out, which directly commit him to the accusations against him. First of all, that is a word salad. I'm not exactly sure it was the best structured uh, thing. It may have been um, translated that way too. So. Yeah, that's possible too. I I will say this, and, I, and again, with all due respect to Hector Gomez, um, he might be a fine journalist and and uh you know and all of that I'm not really sure he's a column columnista um but there's a feeling that I get about this, Steve that is not is not comforting right like sometimes mm-hmm. no news is is good news and sometimes if, if you know if only one person's talking and, you're, and and you're not, then it seems worse than it is. So that might be the case. What I'm waiting for, uh, and I think Mark Tompkin was on with uh, 620 WD earlier uh, today, in fact, and I think you heard it, and he said, uh, in effect, that maybe something will be coming on Monday. Now, that's something. Is that from Major League Baseball? Is that from a representative of Wanderers? Well, I presumably
0: baseball or the Rays have to do something because Wanderers on the restricted list for a week, mutually agreed upon.
1: Right. Now, what happens when you come off that list?
0: Well, they can choose to extend his stay on there, and that would have to be by mutual agreement. Okay. Or if Wander says, no, I want to come back, I want to play, I haven't been charged with anything, etc., then baseball at that point could put him on an exempt list, which is what they did to Trevor Bauer, and they've
1: done to others, too. And they said, you're not playing until pending this investigation.
0: Or maybe by Monday they they say that the investigation turned up nothing. He's fine to go. I mean, but I I don't get the feeling that by Monday they'll know that.
1: Don't see how they would necessarily unless there's a confession by the the accuser or something. Yeah, I mean, so uh,
0: it doesn't feel like this is going well, but... You know, a a source close to the investigations saying that Wander won't play again, unlikely he'll play again. I don't know if that's, is that from Major League Baseball's investigators? Is that from the Dominican Republic's investigators? Yeah, I don't know. And if it's from them, I mean, that's them speculating he wouldn't play again.
1: Right. He's got two problems, maybe three, Mm -hmm. maybe more. But he has one problem with the law, both here and here. In the United States and the Dominican Republic, potentially, or so it seems, because they are looking into the issue, and and the age of consent is eighteen and all that, um, and they've got a problem with baseball, and so. You know, due process is a funny thing with these leagues. You know, like they don't always wait for due process, uh, depending on just how, you know, how icky the situation may be. Um, you know, the the. The NFL adopted this language that like, you know, you got to protect the shield, right? Like it was, it was sort of this nebulous, like, oh, you brought dishonor to our to our shield. We don't know if you're guilty, but boy, this is really a messy situation. And so therefore, <laughs> you know, we're going to suspend you. Um, and they can do whatever they want. But yeah, Wander has, you know, first he's got to solve, I would think, whatever possible legal trouble he would be in. That would be first and foremost, you can't play if you're going to go, you know, to a court and have to defend yourself. Um, and then, and then within that, of course, he's going to have to at some point meet with baseball if they haven't already. What I'm wondering is, and part of this might be the fact that uh, he's Hispanic or, you know, maybe his lawyer, who's representing Wander and where is he? You know, not that I expect them to be holding news conferences every day, um, but there are certain things that if I were accused of, uh, I want to get out in front of, and I think he attempted to do that with his social media post that day, um, saying it was ridiculous and, you know, people just want money and all this sort of thing. Um, but since then it's kind of been radio silence, you know, there's, we've not heard from anyone cause frankly, I don't know. And if I were the raise, I would imagine that at minimum you'd go to him and say, you know, Hey, do, you might want to think about representation, in, either in this country or that one, or both, and and who is, who is going to be that point person that, you know, if if you feel it, it's legal, legally or otherwise, like expedient for you to push back, you know, beyond just what his Instagram post was that day. So there's a lot of unanswered questions. First and foremost, how's he doing? Which may not be the most important question because it might be how are the victims doing. Um, but again, presumption of innocence, all that. This is this is just so tragic on so many levels. But, you know, if you're the Tampa Bay Rays, I mean, just the notion that somehow your superstar may be unavailable to you as he has been, but but like beyond this year or beyond like forever like goodness gracious. I mean, this is a guy that you could go to ten All Star games in a row and um I can't imagine what you know, how much angst they must have about that. Of course, um, they would they would know more about the situation than we do at this point. But you don't want to, you know what I mean, Steve? Like, you don't want to see more of these posts, right, where mm-hmm. people are speculating that, oh, you did it. Like, this isn't just one of those, like, oh, no, not as you're not going to play baseball, but it's because, you know, someone's presuming guilt here. And that's either very unfair um, or something that, you know, Is not going to help them in in public opinion circles for whatever that's worth. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. All right, the Rays are in Anaheim playing the Angels, and uh, that series now will uh, wrap up their West Coast trip. I believe this is the last series for this, That's this correct. particular John. And then, of course, we have uh, Andrew Kitchrich has been activated. So there's another bullpen arm for them, a possible closer, which is great. This way they need help in the back end of that bullpen. And he's been throwing a lot in some leverage situations. They've taken their time with him to make sure that he is ready to come in and, and pitch some some important innings, and, and they certainly could use that. Uh, the Bucs will take on the New York Jets in the Big Apple, uh, or just right outside of it at uh, MetLife Stadium on Saturday night. We think it will be perhaps the uh, final tune-up for one of one or both quarterbacks that uh, w- maybe one will learn on Monday or Sunday that they are the starter uh, for the season opener at Minnesota. We'll wait and see what happens when you talk to Todd Bulls either on Sunday uh, or Monday morning. But in any case, we'll have all of that for you. We'll, we'll talk about what happens this weekend, updates on the Rays, Franco, all of that for you on Monday on the podcast. Thanks for listening as you do each and every day during the week for Steve Burst, Nick Gummer, Stroud, the Tampa Times. Have a great weekend, everybody.